Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Well, the Green Bay Packers took a loss on Sunday. That was, uh, well, it was ugly in our eyes, but what happened to the Dallas Cowboys the other night was uglier, was uglier. And uh, now you've got some players inside that locker room that are speaking out and saying basically, look, uh, that the coaching staff is, quote, totally unprepared. They don't teach. They don't have any sense of adjusting on the fly they just aren't good at their jobs. Now, that says players initially bought into uh, keeping things internal. Now, as they sit at 2-4, and four, the discontent starting to leak out. Uh, so, Jane Slater covers the NFL. She uh, tweeted that out. Works with the NFL Network and uh, down there in Texas and said that and covers the Cowboys and said that um that players are saying this not a player so it's starting to hit the fan in big D I got to be honest I really was kind of hoping that there would be success in Dallas. I, I really, I, I don't know if I, you're with me on this. I really wanted to see a uh, an NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field with the Dallas Cowboys. I was I, that would make for unbelievably sto- unbelievable storylines. Uh, it would make for uh, you know incredible intrigue. The matchup. I mean, you whatever you want to throw with it. I mean, it would it would make for an unbelievable story coming into that contest. So, I, I mean, I was hoping for that tenfold. It's not going to happen. Now, while you can say that, you know, yeah, the uh, the Packers, or I should say, the Cowboys, yeah, the the Cowboys are still, you know, in in first place. Okay. 
in the division. Uh, all right, great, but uh, it, you know it's yeah, it's uh, it, things aren't good. They're 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 not going anywhere fast. Eight five five eight three zero eight six four. Do you now start to think differently about Mike McCarthy? Because remember, when Mike McCarthy was here, uh, you know, still out of a job, he was living in Green Bay, he was asked about the Bleacher Report article in which it's not wasn't the same verbiage, but a lot of the same insinuation. So, you know, hey, Mike, uh, you know, players said that you didn't adjust well on the fly, that they were calling their own plays. Aaron Rodgers was saying, no, we're not going to do that. And they didn't have faith in some of the things that were being done. And, you know, now – Mike brought in Mike Pettin. Mike brought in, uh, kept Dom Capers and and maybe a little bit too long. But as you watch what's starting to go on down in Dallas, do you now go, okay, yeah, as a Packers fan, you saw this coming? Or are you a little bit surprised by this? Are you disappointed in this? Were you like me? Were you kind of hoping that things would materialize down in Dallas and that it end up being a, an NFC Championship game contest between these two franchises? Because I really did. I was hoping for it. But the more I sit here and the more I watch this and and the adversity that comes out and, and you know, Mike Nolan's defense. Uh, when he hired Mike Nolan, I get it. He's a buddy. But Mike Nolan, other than just being a coach in the NFL – Give me the massive, massive successes of Mike Nolan, you know? So, I don't know. I'm not a – wasn't a big fan of when they made that announcement. But, hey, Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones is still all over it. Jerry Jones says, uh, I know that uh, the good thing is that I know what he's experienced. He's won a Super Bowl going up through the wild card side. So you know how to adjust, overcome things when you have that kind of an accomplishment on your record. What we don't have to worry about is, is he capable of coaching a team to the ultimate? And uh, he very much is. He's outstanding, to say the least, with his experience. He is a great, uh, he has great, and I mean great, football fundamental basics. With that, you build on that. Uh, those aren't the areas that you are concerned about. I'm really not concerned about him today analyzing and knowing given a chance to address it, what to do to what to do with the problems. So that's what Jerry Jones had to say. Um, and then when he was asked about Mike Nolan being the defensive coordinator, he said, I'm okay with Mike Nolan. I am. Never gave him a ringing, ringing endorsement, but said I'm okay. So uh, now Vice President Stephen Jones, Jerry's son, says uh, everybody deserves and has thoughts but we have a lot of confidence still in this team and believe we can turn the corner. We're going to continue to get better. We're in a division that right now that we are still in. There you go. Talking about Mike McCarthy and what's going on down there in Dallas. 855-830-8648. Uh, ben tweets, uh, I predicted it. I have nothing against the guy, but he was never a great head coach. I've always viewed him as a glorified coordinator who rode the coattails of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And to be completely honest, the league solved his offensive scheme years ago. Uh, hashtag get it cleaned up. Um, you could say that. I, But you, you have to have a scheme. You have to have a coaching scheme. 
to be successful, correct? Don't you? You have to have something. You don't just say, go play. Um, feel like any ex-McCarthy player called friends on the Dallas team and told them what to expect, and he lost the locker room before he even had it. That's from Anthony. Um... <laughs> Dennis throws the meme that says surprising hashtag sarcasm. I'm not surprised. I look, I, uh, I thought it was going to go one or two ways. If what we if what we were hearing coming out of green Bay was true. And there was a modicum of truth to it. This is what I expected. But if he was the coach, you believe him to now it's his first year and you're going through a COVID year. You don't have your normal, preseason you don't have OTAs and mini camps and such to go through okay so it is going to be different but what the scary thing here is if you were Mike McCarthy is you lose your locker room before you even get a hold of it you don't even get a chance to walk in front of everybody and introduce yourself and talk in general to give your even opening statement because of COVID so you are already behind the eight ball. You, you, in, unless you really win and you wow them with in-game adjustments and scheme and such, unless you just if, – if you have the ability to teach and make them better immediately, you have the respect. But if things go south the way they have, the chances of you losing a locker room are far, far greater than of you winning the locker room just because of the circumstance, just because of that. Let's go to the phone calls. Let's talk to Sean listening to us in Grafton. Sean, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Uh, doing well, Bill. How are you? Doing well. What's on your mind? Um, can't say I'm all that surprised by what's happening in Dallas. Um, I, I, I'm one of those people who thinks that the Cowboys are a team that perennially get overrated and overhyped just because of their name. Um, but – and I think you saw some of the struggles with McCarthy when he was here in Green Bay. I think a lot of the criticisms uh, in that Bleacher Report article were correct. Um, but I got to say, and this, this is the, the Bears fan in me speaking. I'm really hoping we end up still seeing a six and ten Cowboys division team winner host a twelve and four Packers wild card, and the Cowboys get that W. That would how about be that the greatest Christmas gift I could have. <laughs> How about that? There you go. Appreciate it. Uh boy, it wouldn't be good for uh Packers fans. But uh but man oh man. If Dallas got that win down there in Big D. Holy moly. After the uh the terrible, the craptastic start that they've gotten off to. Uh keep them coming. We're going to continue to just kind of, you know, nosh on this just for a few. Uh Dennis is uh he'll be there when we come back. Stay tuned. This portion of the Bill Michael show brought to you by our good friends over there at Bud Light. They are the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. And got a lot of questions about whether or not we're going to do one of those uh those those uh Facebook lives again. Yes, we'll be doing it tomorrow prior to the huddle so look for that uh, about five o'clock tomorrow as a matter of fact five o'clock tomorrow follow us over on the facebook fan page and that's all brought to you by our friends at bud light the official beer sponsor of the bill michael sports talk network talk a little bit about mike mccarthy and is this uh, situation going on in dallas uh, is this this kind of ripping the blinders off now because you're seeing this play out in the circumstances around it hang in there more of the bill michael shows next 
Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. I just really go back to my first meeting with the football team. Uh, I've always stated this uh, to every team that that I've that I've uh, coached. Uh, I think it's important to handle things as men. I mean, if you do have something to say publicly that that is of you know of most importance, I think it's important to say it to the individual, uh, particularly in in a, in, a, in a group dynamic setting, and especially in the game of football, especially for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, that's all part of the development of our program, of our the system that we're installing here. So. I think that's just you know part of our flight right now. We don't, we we don't like the way we played last night. Um, you know we had some some areas that we started strong in, but uh, you know it's 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 definitely not what we're looking for. Those are the words of Mike McCarthy as he tries to uh, explain what's going on down there in Dallas and where some of their problems are. And uh, they continue to struggle, but more so now uh, you've got guys within the locker room speaking anonymously, I guess, to reporters and saying that the coaching staff is unprepared and unable to adjust. And, uh, you know, a lot of criticism today has been watching on ESPN. I was watching on the NFL Network. There's a lot of former players, specifically guys that, uh, you know, have had recognition, name recognition in the NFL that are former players. And say, guys, when it when it happens like this, usually you look at the play. You know, it wasn't a coach that fumbled twice like Ezekiel Elliott. It wasn't a coach that threw a bad pass like Andy Dalton. It wasn't a coach who fell down like C.D. Lamb that allowed a ball to be picked off. When you lose the turnover battle consistently, you're going to get blown out, and that's exactly what happened. And you can't blame that on coaching. So uh, some things that are rather interesting. And, you know, as many of them have said, you know, you got to have some leaders stand up in a locker room and say, "Okay, look, let's let's get the coaches out of here, and let's air this out and what problems there are." And and much like in Green Bay, where you have like a leadership group, you go to the coach and say, "This is what it is," and the coach has to be willing to listen. You got to put pride aside and say, "This is what we need to do to, to to get better and to figure things out." And if the players are saying that you're not teaching us anything, you're just yelling at us, well, then the the coaches have to adapt and have to figure it out. So. Uh, but interesting things going on down there in Dallas. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Van Horn Automotive, where they want to pay cash for your car. And if you want to sell your vehicle, stop into any one of their dealerships in the state of Wisconsin or over in Iowa and just say, hey, I'd like to like to sell my vehicle. And they'll give you the Kelly Blue Book fair appraisal value. And if, say, you don't feel like uh, or unsafe going into a store at this point, you can do it online as well. Go to VanHornAuto.com. That is VanHornAuto.com. Dot com. Everybody needs some extra cash right now. If you've got an extra vehicle or a vehicle you want to sell, why not? You know, avoid all the hassles of having people come over to your house or meeting them in certain places and not feeling safe or doing all that paperwork, whatever it happens to be. Or if you are looking for a new car or a used car, a foreign or a domestic, if you're looking to trade in a car, if you're looking to finance a car, or even finance your service on your own vehicle, all of that can be accomplished by simply going to VanHornAuto.com. That's VanHornAuto.com. Dot com and uh, and see see the reasons why I chose Van Horn uh, Automotive four times now. First with a Dodge, then a Ford, then I ended up buying the Genesis, uh, which is was a was a it's a regular car, and then after that I ended up buying uh, a Chevy Silverado, which I just took uh, ownership of back in September. So you know um, a lot of re- I mean this is the reasons I go back. So I wouldn't put my name on it if it wasn't great. 
And Van Horn Automotive, truly uh, an awesome uh, group of people to deal with. Family born and employee owned, go to vanhornauto.com. That's vanhornauto.com. A little bit of breaking news. Uh, David Bakhtiari not practicing today. Not practicing today. Now we're going to hear from him uh, coming up here at the top of the next hour as he was on uh, the afternoon show yesterday on our flagship station, 1250 a.m. out of Milwaukee. So we'll get some of the thoughts and comments there. But uh, he is not practicing today. Um, and that's, that's, that's a, that's a tough way to go. Tough way to go. Hopefully David Bakhtiari is back sooner rather than later. Uh, 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. Let's go to uh, Dennis. Uh, Dennis has been on hold a while. Dennis, how are you doing today, buddy? What's up? Great. Thanks for taking my call. Long time listener. Glad to have you. What's on uh, your mind? I think, uh, when Jones hired Mike McCarthy, he was hoping that, uh, he could be used to to help advance uh, Dak out as a, you know the quarterback and stuff. And mm-hmm. you know last year when Travis Fredrickson retired and stuff, I mean he was a great great part of that O line for those guys. Right. And I I don't think they ever just I don't think uh, you know McCarthy thought or Jones that they would have the injuries they got this year. I mean they are really really banged up, you know, and. Right. Uh, I I think uh, I never thought McCarthy was a bad coach because I don't think we would have kept him in Green Bay as long as we did. I don't think he was a bad coach. Now, what the argument is, is was he a good coach that helped accelerate and, and expound upon the players, the Hall of Fame players that he had around him, or was he a bad coach and actually inhibited uh, Hall of Fame players that should have, could have, and would have gone further in the postseason in spite or because of Mike McCarthy holding them back. So I I don't know. That's a, that's a great question. Appreciate the phone call. I mean, uh, and thanks, Dennis, for uh, listening to us. Uh, that's always been the argument. Was And I was watching Stephen A. Smith talk about this today on ESPN, saying if Mike McCarthy gets blown out when you're having when you have Hall of Fame quarterbacks, you can only win one Super Bowl. And now you go to another place where uh, your your team is miserable and they're already calling into question your ability to coach. Well, then maybe your coaching resume has been masked by Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a quarterback-driven league. But the, but the argument is, don't you think that if indeed he was completely inept – which uh, the way some of you put it, uh, and and this is not all of you, but the way some of you have put it, if, if he was completely inept, don't you think he would have been discovered far before the last couple of years? You know, it would you would have heard the, the the discontent leaking out far before the last few years of Mike McCarthy's career in Green Bay. You know what I mean? I think it would have. I think you would have heard a lot more belly aching, or whether it was publicly or privately, of players saying, "Yeah, this this isn't right." This isn't right. We've got issues here. You know? You got to do so. I mean, I thought the game that uh, that they lost to Seattle, except for those two series in which they ended up going three and out and kind of took their foot off the gas by running the football. Okay? That was in the third quarter. I thought that was Mike McCarthy McCarthy's best coached game. And I know some people will disagree because it was a calamity of errors. But – Morgan Burnett went down because Julius Peppers was telling him to go down. Micah Hyde got sucked in on a play fake on a two-point conversion. Clay Matthews is the one that pulled himself out of the game, not Dom Capers and not Mike McCarthy. 
You know, they were screaming at Bostic, don't touch the ball, leave it for Jordy, and damned if he didn't go up and get the ball. You know, I mean, all of those things were players that made mistakes. I mean, you can go through the, what is it, 10 or 11 or 12 different instances in that game that had any one of those gone in favor of the Green Bay Packers, they win that ball game. I thought it was his best coach game. It was the most prepared I had seen that team. And I really believe the way they were starting to peak at the right time, I really believe that this team, this Green Bay Packers franchise, would have beaten New England in the Super Bowl. I really do. Which is why that game and the calamity of errors is so painful as a Packers fan to this day because until you get back, you're never going to overcome that. And even then, if you get back to a Super Bowl and win it, then you'll look at Aaron Rodgers and go, you got two rings. Nice job. You should have three. You got three rings. You should have four. You know? I, no matter what happens, you're going to look at that season and go, they should have had it. It, it was right there. And it was, it was Mike that took his foot off the gas in the third quarter. Yes, that changed the momentum. But those two series did not kill that team. That's the only thing in that game I can fault them for. The preparation and such going into it I thought was magnificent. Uh, 855-830-8648. 855-830-8648. Coming up here at the bottom of the hour, Sam Monson, the lead NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus. We're going to talk with him about uh, the Green Bay Packers offensively and, uh, well, when it comes to playing better defenses and also about the quality of defense that the Green Bay Packers are putting forth at this point as well. So that's coming up right around the corner. Also, don't forget, after the top of the hour, we're going to hear from David Bakhtiari, find out more about his injury and his thoughts as the Packers took that loss and that beatdown at the hands of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this past weekend. This portion of the program brought to you by a great escape destination. Coming up this weekend, up north at the Four Seasons Island Resort. They have got uh, they've got a Fall Fest going on. And if you don't know what that is, basically, they uh, they send you up north. Uh, well, they don't send you, but you can go up north and uh, become part of the Fall Fest, which is this weekend from 11 to 4 on October 24th. You can book your stay for the entire weekend, enjoy all sorts of family fun events. Pumpkin decorating, hay rides, trick-or-treating, vendor craft shows, caramel apples, s'mores, hay rides, all that kind of stuff. Look, I know it's going to be kind of cool. And they, get, they did get some snow up north, but you can even call them and say, hey, should I bring my golf clubs? they got a nine-hole executive course out there. If you're still the avid golfer, get in around the golf. But they have indoor swimming, indoor dining, really nice dining. Then they've got pub dining downstairs. Whatever your heart desires, plus hiking and, and trails and such. And don't forget, hey, if you're a snowmobiler coming up in the snowmobile season, they already have some, but that's a great place to go snowmobiling too. Throw the snowmobiles on the trailer and take them up and enjoy the weekend there as well. Snowmobile all day and then sit in the hot tub in the pool and the indoor scene at night. It's a great environment. Check out the4seasonswi.com. That is the4seasons, F-O-U-R, the4seasonswi.com, and book your reservation now. That's the4seasonswi.com. It's a one-tank trip right here in the state of Wisconsin. Head up north, enjoy the colors, enjoy the fall, enjoy the winter once it comes here. But V4SeasonsWI.com. We're going to come back, talk a little bit uh, when it comes to the analytical side of things. Sam Monson, lead NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus, going to join us next on The Bill Michael Show. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
Bill Michaels Huddle coming up on Thursday night, tomorrow night, 6 to 8 on many of these same stations. And if you don't get it on your station, then go to the Radio.com app and dial in to 1250 AM, our flagship station out of Milwaukee, 1250 AM, the fan. And uh, we'll be uh, talking tomorrow night with CBS 58's Kevin Holden. Also from Christina Christina Tussaud from CBS 58 as well on the panel tomorrow night talking about this Packers matchup, first loss of the season and such, and then moving forward. So that's all coming up tomorrow night on the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good for all the information. Go to BudLight.com. Again, BudLight.com. Joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, Sam Monson, the lead NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. Sam, how you doing? Doing good. How about you? We're doing okay. So this Packers team, uh, obviously, they take a loss and they took it in a very ugly fashion. So I guess uh, all the statistics aside, I mean, you know, was it just the fact that this Tampa Bay defense was just set up to be this good when it comes up against a team like the Green Bay Packers? Or was this because the Packers maybe were uh, a little bit overinflated coming into this contest? Um, probably a, a little bit of both. I mean, one of the things that was starting to, to get on people's radar heading into this game is that Green Bay had faced a pretty, you know, healthy slate of uh, past defenses. They hadn't been tested in a major way yet. Um, obviously, I think their lack of a number two receiver is still is still an issue, particularly, you know, when Alan Lazard isn't there. Um, they just don't have that secondary threat outside of Devonta Adams still. And then, the other side of this is that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is legit. And not only is it legit in terms of just pure talent level, those young defensive backs have all kind of come on at the same time and, and are playing extremely good football, whether it's Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, the rookie Antoine Winfield Jr. at safety. Um, but they also had a good game plan. They dialed up the blitz really well. They didn't just get overly aggressive with it, but they timed it well and threw it at times where – um, they don't normally, you know, third downs, they're not usually a blitz-heavy team, but they really came after Rodgers on third down. It seemed to not just cause problems because they were sending more bodies, but unexpected timing caused problems as well, and Rodgers just didn't have a good game in the face of it. Can this team win without Rodgers having a good game? The argument here is is that do they have enough defense if this team – you know, doesn't if Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a good game, does this team have enough defense to win? Probably not the way they're playing at the moment, but there's also degrees of Aaron Rodgers not playing well. You know, Rodgers had his first three <clears throat> turnover-worthy plays in this game. He hadn't had a single one heading into that, that game against Tampa Bay. Obviously, the pick six, the second interception, I don't think was necessarily his fault. I think that was just a great defensive play. That was a, a well-thrown slant pass that, that uh, Carlton Davis made a great play on and it ended up getting picked off. But he had you know, at least another couple of passes that were basically tried to be intercepted. It was thrown, One was thrown right to, to Winfield that he dropped. That was just a very, very uncharacteristically careless game from Rodgers with the ball, and he usually doesn't do that. And even if you get a bad Rodgers game, it usually doesn't come with the ball being put in harm's way as much as it did against Tampa Bay. So I think they can win if Rodgers has a bad game and doesn't put the ball in harm's way. I I don't think they can win if Rodgers is going to throw, you know, three turnover-worthy plays in the game. Did this expose the the ability to run the football for the Green Bay Packers? 
Well, it's certainly, yeah, that's, I think, the weaker area of that offensive line. It's a great pass-blocking unit, though it didn't have a good pass-blocking game. Um, and obviously losing David Bakhtiari didn't help that. But it struggles more as a run-blocking unit. It's not never been as good on the ground. And Tampa Bay are good at stopping the run. They've got big bodies even without Vita Vea up the middle. Um, and Green Bay wasn't able to, to win that battle in the trenches. So it's certainly, I think, an area that they would have known they were weaker in. Uh, going into the game, but this certainly highlighted it. The uh, the Packers, defensively speaking, they get Kenny Clark back. They're still without Christian Kirksey. Uh, Barnes goes down uh, in this game as well, even though he was their leading tackler for the entire game. Uh, you tell me, because you look at Preston and Zedaria Smith, the numbers haven't been the same as what they were last year. Is there a specific reason as to why? Is it because of the lack of support in the middle for a while without Kenny Clark or without legitimate uh, linebackers, we'll say, that have been impactful? I mean, what are the, some of the reasons why you're not seeing the same statistics out of them this year as you did last year? Kenny Clark, the loss of him is definitely a, a huge factor to this whole defense. He was one of the he'd become the prototypical nose tackle in today's NFL, a guy that can stop the run in the middle, but also bring some real pass rush from that interior spot and push the pocket and flush a lot of pressure towards those edge rushers in Zedarius and Preston Smith. But the other thing with Zedarius in particular is last year was a hell of an outlier in terms of what we've seen from the rest of his career. He had a PFF grade that was more than 10 points higher than his previous total. His um, pressure total was like 30 pressures over a season up on what we've ever seen before. Obviously, the sacks were way up. Like Everything about last year was a massive outlier compared to what we've seen from him in the past. And when it happens in a new environment, it's always tempting to put that down to, well, he moved to a better team, a team that was better equipped to make him look as good as he is. Um, But the other explanation for that is, Sometimes guys just have career years, um, and you have to project going forward whether they're going to maintain that kind of level or if they're going to sink back to something like what we saw from them in the past. And so far, this season is very much more uh, along the lines of what we saw from Zadarius Smith as a Baltimore Raven, which is a good player, but not a great player, not the great guy that we saw a year ago. And there is certainly a possibility that that is more like what he is than the sort of every game superstar we saw a year ago. How does Josh Jackson, he took a lot of criticism during the postgame show, and uh, while I didn't think he played on the same level as, say, a Kevin King, I didn't think he played as terribly as as others had perceived. Uh, t- tell me a little bit about Josh Jackson. Yeah, I don't think he had a terrible game. Um, obviously, he got beaten for for a touchdown, which didn't help anytime you show up on somebody else's highlights in a game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's never good for the perception of your play coming out of it. But overall, I think he had a solid enough game. He only really gave up that one sort of, I don't want to call it a big play because it, um, it was a short game, but, it, but for a touchdown, the rest of his catches that he gave up didn't go for many yards. His overall grade was okay. Um, that was it was a solid performance, I think. I, I don't know that he's yet done anything to sort of suggest that he's going to be the player that we thought he was coming out of college. We liked him not just in the second round, but thought he had first-round talent given what we'd seen from him at Iowa. And we just haven't really seen that player in the NFL yet. Hasn't really um, had a knack for getting his hands on the football the way he did in college and has given up more than he ever did in college. But 
yeah, that that wouldn't be the game that I would be using to to sort of write him off and to bash him. Talking with Sam Monson, lead NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus, is that the toughest defense the Packers are going to face all season statistically? It's certainly one of them, yeah. I think Tampa Bay defense is going to be one of the best defenses in football all the way throughout this season. And in this year, more than any other year, we're seeing defense. I, I don't, you know, there are no defenses that are just dominant every single week. I don't even know if that's possible in today's NFL anymore. So what you're going to see is, defenses that are good that are capable to cause problems for offenses that every now and again can have the sort of perfect defensive game plan and really uh, ruin the day of an offense and I think that's what we saw from Tampa Bay it's a really good defense and it had a great day in terms of play calling in terms of just getting things right and knowing what was coming from Green Bay and that's why you saw sort of such a convincing performance from them. So uh, they got the Bears that are going to be on the docket not once but twice. Uh, are the Bears are the Bears on the same level as say Tampa Bay, or just as the quarterback play is what distinguishes the two? Uh, quarterback play is definitely the biggest difference between the two. I think they're probably a step down almost across the board, um, but they're good. And, and this the uh, the Chicago defense it might not be as good as that defense they had a couple of years ago, but it's in pretty good shape right now. And really, the only thing preventing them from being one of the very best teams in the NFL. I know the record says they're there already, but in terms of being able to match up with, you know, the best teams in the league, the Bucks, the Seahawks, um, the, the teams from the AFC, I just, I don't think that their quarterback play is there yet. And Nick Foles may have been an upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky, but it's been a marginal one. Um, and he's still capable of throwing the game away and really hasn't played at the level that we know he can play at. Um, down the, and maybe their their sort of hope is that he hits those games at the right time down the line. You know those must win games against teams like Green Bay. Maybe that's when you get Super Bowl or you know NFC Championship game. Nick Foles coming to play. Um. So the the Packers up against the Bears. The Bears obviously their run game is nowhere near as good. They're going to have to rely on Nick Foles. Uh, but the Packers' defense is nowhere near as strong as what the Bears have to offer. Usually that is the difference whether when it comes down to quarterback play. So my question is, do the Packers have enough weapons that they can move the ball and sustain drives against this Bears' defense versus their offense, which has not been great against the run, and they're statistically not as good as they were last year? So with a little bit better experience, Nick Foles, some decent wideouts, a decent tight end, obviously. How tough of a matchup is this for Green Bay when they go to face Chicago? It's definitely not easy. The Chicago roster, I think, is pretty good top to bottom. Their offensive line is struggling a little bit, um, but the rest of that group, they've got weapons, they've got receivers, they've got running backs that can make plays, and obviously the defense we talked about. So it really does come down to what kind of Nick Foles you're going to get, and the problem is – you just never know. Like Nick Foles is statistically the most volatile quarterback in the NFL on a game-to-game basis. You don't know if you're going to get you know, a, a PFF grade above 90 in that kind of Super Bowl performance or a guy that's grading in the 30s and looking like he should be pulled from the game for his own safety and for the benefit of the team um, There's or something in the middle. And that's the thing is that Nick Foles has all the capability of, of having a great game and absolutely eviscerating top quality defenses but equally he can have a disaster and be the reason this team is just not going to move the ball um, or have any shot in the game and we really have no way of knowing which Nick Foles is going to show up but the talent around him is high enough that the good Nick Foles is always a danger. 
Good stuff as always, Sam. Appreciate it, man. And uh, we'll keep uh, reading Pro Football Focus and get you back on real soon, okay? Thank you. Take it easy. Thanks, pal. There you go. Sam Monson, lead NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam, at PFF underscore Sam, and you can find his stuff there. Good stuff. I wanted to focus more on the Bears because you know, the question is, are the Bears for real? And he says, look, they're for real. It just depends on which quarterback happens to show up. So defensively, they can ride that defense uh, for a few more wins and get themselves you know, back on track. But, you know, I mean, it, whether or not the quarterback plays well, that's going to determine how far they go once they do get to the postseason. Let's do this. Uh, there will be some fans, but uh, not many. And we'll talk about that coming up. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show next. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veteran Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers getting ready for another road trip, this time to Houston to face the Texans. Green Bay coming off that loss to Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers added Ndamukong Sue to their defensive line in the offseason. Sue has been a longtime nemesis of the Packers, dating back to his days with Detroit. Left tackle David Bakhtiari was asked, what is it about Sue that rubs players the wrong way? Um, I'd say more of his actions. I mean, he has done what he's done, and uh, he's done dirty things, and he's gotten fined for that to significant amounts, I believe, to six figures worth, and that kind of just talks about, you know, who he is. And Damika Sue was seen trash-talking to Aaron Rodgers during Sunday's game, who spoke about it on the Pat McAfee Show. Basically, he said, don't be scared. And I said something back to him. And then and then I said something to the effect of, you and I need to have a conversation or something. And then he said something like, all right, see you after the game. And I said, all right. But the tone and the inference quite tell if it, I was thinking, realistically thought I was saying, hey, let's, uh, let's throw down. That's Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. If you're looking for new doors and windows, do what I did, and that's get a hold of my friend Gina Della from Pella. Uh, look, hey, we know that the colder weather's coming. Did you see the record snowfall they had yesterday in Minneapolis? Holy mackerel, over there in the upper western portion of the state of Wisconsin as well. And thank God it stayed north and it kept on going, but uh, it dumped a record snowfall for this uh, time of the year in uh, those regions. And we know the cold is coming. And make your house more energy efficient. There's three reasons. One, it makes your house more energy efficient. Two, it's secure. And three, not only does it beautify, but it adds value to your home. I mean, those are the three big reasons you want to sincerely look at getting new doors and windows right now. And right now, through the end of October, they make it easy. Because Pella, they install year-round. So Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offering no, 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 no money down, no interest, and no payments for 24 months when you replace your leaky old windows and doors right now. Or you can choose 2.99% APR financing for 12 months. But uh, it's a coming, and it's not going to stop just because you don't have great windows and doors. Uh, Keep the winter out. Pella now and pay later, as they say. Nobody down, no interest, no payments for 24 months or 12 years, 2.99% APR financing to approve credit right now through the end of the month. Uh, A few restrictions apply. Check out the, the showrooms. 
for Pella, Wisconsin, uh, Pella, the, the experience showrooms, or simply go to PellaWI.com, a free consultation. Just find out. Just say, this is what I'm thinking of doing. You can pick out the finishes. You can pick out the hardware, everything. It's great. Uh, just go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. So California, a hot spot in the country, will let fans back into outdoor stadiums for pro sporting events in the counties with low coronavirus infection rates. That's according yesterday to the state's top health officials. San Francisco, Alameda, Santa Clara are the only counties so far to meet that threshold for pro sports. However, immediately after the announcement, officials in Santa Clara home of the 49ers, issued a statement saying that they were not prepared to allow even a limited number of fans in the Levi Stadium. As many as 14,000 people could attend Levi Stadium events under the state's guidance, setting up a chance of devastating what they call the super spreader events. Uh, But, again, if you're following the guidelines, are you doing that? Are you setting up the super spreader events or not? You know, I guess if you follow all the protocols, then there's no chance of it, right? They say being outdoors is not enough now to guarantee that the virus won't spread. So more information that goes against what it told you to begin with. But uh, California trying to get fans back into the stands just with the mass amount of misinformation or information that we think may or may not be truthful or be actual factual. Who knows? Stay safe, my friends. Stay safe. Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, a lot of good stuff. We're going to hear from David Bakhtiari himself. Also, the Dolphins, they've called it two a time. And you're going to hear from John McClain, the Texans writer for the Houston Chronicle. All in the next hour. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 